You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. <laughs> Everybody's got a price, it's the million dollar man. <laughs> Podcast in demand. Understand. Everybody's got a price, million dollar man. Everybody's got a price, million dollar man. Everybody's got a pod, it's the million dollar What's up, everybody? It's Marcus D'Angelo, and we're back for another episode of Everybody's Got a Pod, and you know this man right here. That is the Million Dollar Man, the Hall of Famer, Ted DiBiase. Ted, what's going on, my friend? Uh, you know what? I'm having a good day so far, and I get to see see you and take, spend a little time with you, so you know, what can be better than that, right? Uh, and Ted, we've got a really fun episode today as we take our second look back at your time in WCW and with the NWO. Uh, today, it's a look back to September 1996 to close out our month of September here on the podcast. And man, there is plenty to discuss. But uh, before we get started, you guys know the drill. I have to remind everybody to get over to, to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at everybody's got a pod. Not only do you get clips and highlights from our show, but we also do some YouTube exclusive content that we put out every single Monday. These are stories that you will not hear on the podcast. So if you like what we're doing here, you are going to love the content you get over on our YouTube channel. But wait, there's more. We also do. And everybody has a price and it's very reasonable. It's free, free to subscribe. That's a reason. Yeah, it doesn't get any more reasonable than that, huh? <laughs> Not only is it free, you can actually get some stuff because occasionally we do giveaways over there of signed merchandise straight from the million dollar man himself. Now, can you imagine the million dollar man giving something away? I mean, the times charging. <laughs> the times have changed, Ted. This is a whole new million dollar man. He's giving stuff away over on our YouTube channel, and to be eligible, all you have to do is go subscribe. That's it. You're automatically entered for all future giveaways. Again, it's youtube.com slash at everybody's got a pod. Subscribe right now. And uh, Ted, right at the top of the show, first thing I wanted to ask you about was something I missed last month when we were discussing August 1996 in WCW. Chris Jericho made his debut at the company on 820 against Jerry Lynn. Ted, uh, Chris is still in the business today, still top of the game, really, at working at a high level with AEW. And uh, yeah. I know that a lot of people consider him one of the best ever. I wonder about your thoughts when it comes to Chris Jericho. Uh, you know, I, I know Chris. You know, I you know personally, I've known him to be a, a you know a good guy. I mean, uh, you know, uh, he's like anybody else in the business. You know, like he might have six friends and one one enemy. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. If Chris has got a lot of enemies. I, I don't think so. I, and, and one of the things that Chris did. And and I, I'm, and I'll you can contact uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but he set up a deal where fans and wrestlers, and obviously he found a way for the wrestlers to go at a very discounted price or free a cruise, the Jericho cruise. Yes, the Jericho cruise. Is he still doing it? Yes, sir. He is. He hasn't called me. <laughs> <laughs> We're calling you out right now, Chris. Give uh, give Ted a ring. Get him back on the cruise. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't remember what you know time of year he does them, but I, you know, I, I guess he does it annually. Uh, but I, I went on, and you know what? And, and, and initially, I thought, wait a minute. So I'm, I'm going to be on a cruise ship, and I can't remember that whether it was a four day cruise or a seven day cruise. 
but either way, I'm going to be on a cruise ship and there's, you're out in the middle of the ocean. There's nowhere to escape <laughs> with a boat full of wrestling fans. Could get wild. <laughs> so I was like, but you know what? It worked out fine. You know, and the, and the fans were, Hey, they were pretty cool. They were, they were, they were understanding of, you know, these guys, you know, because they did, we did have, we had, they, there were opportunities during that time period where all of us were there to sign autographs and, and meet him and greet him and take pictures with him and everything. And it worked out pretty good. So yeah, the Jericho cruise. That's awesome. You know, and I've, I've talked to a few talents that have been on the Jericho cruise and they all say what a great experience it is and that they love going to do it. So, uh, yeah, certainly sounds like a blast. I'd love to get on the Jericho cruise at some point. It sounds like a hell of a party. So yeah. we'll have to uh, make that happen someday, but but back, you know, but back to Chris's talent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, one of the one of the most talented guys in the business, and I didn't know that he was still working. I mean, how old would he be now? I know that he's in his fifties. I can't remember his exact age, but yeah. uh, he looks he looks great. And you know, he used to do that lion salt, like a moon salt, off the middle rope. He still does it. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, he's kept himself in really great shape. And yeah, it's uh, oh, he just. Good. He, yeah. he continues to have excellent matches even at this age, so it's fun to watch him. Nowadays, a lot of fans are really critical when they see Chris Jericho matches. And most people are still really happy to see him out there. A lot of people are critical because they're like, ah, you know, he doesn't have any more. He's not as good as he used to be. It's like, hey, guys, he's in his 50s, uh, so why don't we all just enjoy the fact that he's still out there wrestling and what he can do. And, uh, you know, it's because, you know, 20 years from now, he's not going to be wrestling anymore, presumably. No. Uh, so let's let's enjoy it while we've got it. You know, I retired. You know, it's like I retired from the ring at at age forty, and uh, you know, a lot of guys. You know, there, there are a lot. You know, like you said, just like just like Chris, there are are guys who stay in shape well enough to, you know, I mean, I would say if you were you, you hang around after fifty, uh, you know, I don't, I wouldn't expect you to be doing too much. There's some guys, and I won't mention any names that I see hang around way, way beyond their prime. And, you know, it's almost like almost embarrassing, you yes. know, and I, it's like, uh, I, I feel sorry for him, but I wouldn't put Chris and I wouldn't put Chris Jericho in that category. No, no, certainly not. not. And man, if you saw him and the, the shape he's kept himself in over these years, it's like, Hey, like he might, he might not be as fast as he used to be. Maybe, uh, maybe he can't like get to his spots as quickly as he once was able to, but man, yeah. the guy can still go. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Great guy. Um, Ted, we're getting ready for fall brawl here in September. And that means the war games match two rings an enormous steel cage. It covers both rings. And uh, the cage even has a roof on it, so there's no escape but the entrance. It's a really cool concept in an era when the WWF was still just using that big, stiff blue cage that I know you're familiar with. Uh, Ted, what did you think of the War Games concept in WCW? Uh, good idea. I mean, he's just figuring out who's going to do what to who. <laughs> I know you were on the road back when the War Games match was invented uh, by Dusty Rhodes. It was kind of he had watched uh, the Road Warriors movie, um, or whatever that's called, with Mel Gibson. I know I, I can't think of it either, but I know what you're talking about. Right. Uh, so he had watched the movie, and uh, he invented uh, the War Games match as as kind of like his own Thunderdome. 
and uh, the Four Horsemen made the match famous. Uh, now, because you were so busy, Ted, did you ever get an opportunity to watch any of those epic matches in JCP? I don't think I did. I heard about all of them, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I was ever present for one. I know that you weren't uh, present for any of them, but man, they uh, those matches really kind of set the standard uh, for the War Games match, and it became you know this this tradition in WCW, and uh, we're continuing the tradition here at Fall Brawl '96. Uh, in the first week of September in WCW, uh, it's got you coming down through the crowd again and hanging around, looking anxious for a little while before departing. Later, you'd be seen getting into an NWO limousine with another mystery wrestler, and Sting and Luger would steal a police car to give chase. Uh, on that same night, Hall and Nash and Hogan would come out after a main event featuring the Four Horsemen versus the Dungeon of Doom, and a big surprise takes place. Let's check it out in our first clip this week. Everybody, they're going after the Dungeon of Doom. Well, I can see that the Dungeon of Doom and the Four Horsemen are now together, representing World Championship. Look out, NWO! Thank God for the Giant! Never thought we would hear it! The Giant is gonna have their lunch! The Giant is in the building! It's a pretty hot angle, dude, with this uh, spray paint gimmick and, you know, turning on some of the most beloved people. And now the Giants is part of the NWO here. What you, would you think watching it back? Oh, wow. Well, yeah, it was like, you know what? It it uh, it was one of those things that got real hot. You know, it was one of, you know, one of those things that comes along every now and then. <clears throat> and you... Uh, yeah, you know, you can plan it, you can do this, do that, and you know, but you're never just really sure, you know, how 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 well it's going to get over until you mm -hmm. until you do it, and and that and that got over just huge. I mean, I mean, again, the biggest angle in all of wrestling was not any angle the WCW or the WWF was doing. The biggest angle in wrestling was the war between the two companies. Yep. And that's what kept all the fans watching. They're watching. They're watching all of it. They're they're, they're going from one to the other every week to see what's going to happen next. And you know, at this time, uh, WWF was just soundly getting their asses kicked every single week in the ratings because the NWO was just red hot. And surprises like this kept happening, where okay, all of a sudden the Giants, and we got to see what that looks like. 
Well, and, so, and, 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 and part of the reason for it going down that way is because, and I'll be honest, here's all these stars that were made by Vince McMahon. Yep. And then uh, one after another, inclu- including yours truly, uh, you know, leaves and goes to the other ship. That yeah. was a huge element, yes, because yeah. all of a sudden these these fantasy matchups that people have been picturing, like, hey, what if Razor Ramon, you know, wrestled William Regal? Like, all of a sudden, these fantasy matchups become a reality in pro wrestling uh, yeah. during this era. So I, I think that fans were really yeah. engaged. Another thing that was happening during this time was that Eric Bischoff was giving away the results of WWF Raw because it was pre-taped in these days. So he, Eric Bischoff, during the show, would say, hey, don't bother turning the channel to Raw because here's what happened happens here's the match they've got here's who won and giving away the results so he's like don't even bother trying to i never do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> what do you think ted is is it kind of a fair play or do you think that's uh going a little bit too far against company uh well you know it's it, you know like all is fair and love and war right mm-hmm. you know when you're trying to win you know you you, you pull out all stops so uh you know i would hey you know what vince probably would have done the same thing uh, I don't, I, yeah, I can't be certain, but, uh, you know, but, but I'm just saying, you know, and again, I, I get along with Eric great now. I mean, I have no problem with Eric, but at the time, Eric Bischoff didn't really know that much about wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, and, and I don't know, I don't know who at, uh, tur- in, in the Turner, uh, scheme of things hired him, <laughs> And made him the guy over all, all all their wrestling programming, but he's a guy who uh, virtually had no background in wrestling, which makes the whole thing even more unprecedented. I mean, here's this guy who's really got kind of more of a TV and sales background, and yes, yeah. he'd spent some time yeah. in the AWA as a, as an announcer, and and he did a great job as an announcer. Yeah. Um, but that's what makes this whole thing even more unprecedented is here's this guy who's not a wrestling guy, really, but he's coming in. And I mean, WCW is turning a profit for the first time since its inception under his watch. So he was doing something right. Well, and and again, just to further the point made by uh, the WWF million dollar man, everybody's got a stinking price. And Ted Turner was you know, handing out the, the big bucks uh, to, to grab all this talent. I mean, and, uh, you know, I, and I, I signed, I, I signed one time for, a, I had a three year no cut contract. I mean, they had to pay me whether I was there or not. Mm-hmm. I had never had that. And, you know, um, and it, it, it's nobody's business how much I got, but that's the other thing is that, I think this is the beginning of guaranteed contracts. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because until this happened, the WWF was the only, they're, they're the only show on the road. It's kind of like, if you're going to work for Vince, here's what I'm going to pay you. And he, and he never really tells you, well, I don't know. You know, I mean, some, some guys might be different. I don't know. I don't know that came after. I'm sure that came after me, but maybe some that came before me. You know, I wasn't, you know, the the, the biggest draw ever, but uh but but it was kind of like, you know, take it or leave it. 
you know, I've heard wrestlers say in the past that, uh, you know, they didn't know what kind of a year they were going to have in the WWF until they got their WrestleMania payoff. Then they were like, OK, this this will kind of show me, you know, yeah. sort of what I can project out for the remainder of the year. Yeah. Uh, so now that you're going from that where it's all very, very uncertain to now yeah. it's like I know exactly what I'm going to make, when I'm going to make it. Yeah. And I don't even necessarily have to be here in order to collect. And, it. and again, that's that's what was appealing to me. But. And I guess, you know, business is business. And I know, but I mean, based on how well I'd have been treated by Vince, you know, and there was part of me that it was kind of like, yeah, man, but he's treated you so well, but you know, he, but he gets treated, you know, even Vince said it though, when, when we came, when he down the road and he hired me back, uh, he says, when it comes right down to it, Ted, he says, it's, it's all about, it's all about business. Yep. It's all about business. And you did what you had to do at the time, uh, to make business suit you and rightfully so. So it was kind of like, you know, he says, Hey, I get it. <laughs> he gets it. What does he get? Everybody has a stinking price. <laughs> you know, what's, what, what is your price? You know, it's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, if you had the opportunity to go somewhere else and, 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 and make more money and do less, oh. would you not do it? Of course. Not so. to mention, you know, you're coming into WCW here and you're on guaranteed money and less days and you're getting involved in the hottest angle in professional wrestling. Um, it's, I mean, any, you'd, you'd be a fool not to get yourself involved in that. And, you know, Ted, we discussed that moment with the giant here becoming an NWO member on our, uh, joining the NWO episode here, uh, you know, a month or so back, um, which is available now in our archives. The giant Paul white is being touted as the son of Andre. And, uh, he really made a big splash here in his short time in wrestling. What were your first impressions of him? Whenever you met him, did you see Andre like potential? Uh, I don't think I saw Andre uh, potential, but I saw potential. I mean, not number one. He's a great guy. Personally, he's he was a, he's a great guy. You know, I don't know anybody. Uh, you know, you you know, you'd have to be a real butthole not to be able to get a, get along with him. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I mean, in ter in terms of uh, yeah, I saw a lot of potential, but I mean, I mean. But again, the Andre that I knew was the Andre that had already put in several years and had a lot of ring savvy and knew how to carry himself and knew, and knew how he had mastered the art of wrestling. All of these other people that were, you know, half his size and making them look good. Yes. You know, and, and I think it took Paul a little time to figure that out. You know, Eric Bischoff has talked about Paul on his uh, on his podcast, 83 Weeks, and he said that, you know, it's easy to paint yourself into a corner when you're booking a big man. Uh, and by that, he means, you know, it's it's really easy to make a big man a heel because, you know, they're they're bigger than everybody else and they can take advantage and, and you know, really put a baby face in peril. He's like, how do I make Paul White a baby face? He was like, it's it's difficult to book him as a baby face because uh, it's not very believable to put him in peril against people and yeah. so uh he's like so it's, it's really easy to kind of paint yourself into a corner with booking and run out of ways to book a guy that size yeah. so uh yeah it's it's interesting and i mean certainly a great athlete and what a what an asset here in wcw at the time um 
Meltzer is pretty critical of the way that the situation was handled uh, here in the ring with the with the NWO beatdown because NWO essentially beat up eight guys before the giant even came down to the ring. Uh, you know, with the upcoming issues between the NWO against the four horsemen, Meltzer felt it made the horsemen look weak. Uh, do you feel like it weakened the horsemen at all kind of going into fall brawl? Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't really think so. You know, no, 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 you know, you know, it's it's going to take a lot to make those four guys look weak. Right. Just put it that way. <laughs> and, you know, we're trying to get over the NWO here as, as this kind of dominant force. You've got to put the baby faces in danger, which is the yes, horsemen exactly. in the Dungeon of Doom in this cha- in this exactly. instance. So it's a, we're just telling a story here. I, I'm with you. Um, yeah. Well, Ted, speaking of the horsemen, this is the eighth or so version of that group. This time it's with Flair, Anderson, Benoit, and Mongo. Um, and man, there's no denying the the success of the Four Horsemen up to this point. But you know, at this stage, did you think it had run its course, or did you feel like there was still a little meat left on the bone if they were properly booked? Well, if if they were properly booked, I think there was still a little meat on the bone because uh, you know the, well, the two of the strongest, obvious characters in that foursome could carry it. Yes. And and and, that, and, that, and that's it, you know, you know, you know, Flair and uh, uh, Arn, Arn, yeah, absolutely, yeah, and you know, Steve McMichael was was green and coming straight off the gridiron here uh, into into pro wrestling, but I mean, he was charismatic as hell, uh, yeah. entertaining to watch on screen, and man, Chris Benoit was a hell of a worker. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people, Ted, have a difficult time going back and watching Chris Benoit wrestle now, given the circumstances. Um, you know, I I personally will still sit, watch a match of his because I can separate the man, you know, the art from the artist, so to speak. Um, but I mean, Chris, not a name that we're going to discuss here very much on the show. So I guess now is about as good a time as any. Uh, Ted, his story is probably the most infamous in wrestling history. But I'm wondering about your thoughts when it comes to Chris Benoit. Uh, you know, um Everybody who knew Chris liked him. Mm-hmm. Chris Benoit was not a guy who had a, had had a whole lot of enemies, and and all I can say is that I don't I don't know what you know what caused him to go off his rocker like that, but everybody would tell you. The Chris Benoit that I knew and that everybody else knew was not capable of doing that. Yep. I mean, uh, you know, to, to kill your whole family and then kill yourself. Uh, it just, it just, it, it was probably, you know, that, to me, that's the, the, the biggest shock that ever, in, in my entire career. That was the most shocking thing that I've ever scene and 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 like everybody else everybody was like not chris are you right. kidding nobody thought i mean it's like there are some guys that you know you could see some guys that were natural hotheads or whatever you know and, and, and there were a lot of maybe other guys you know uh in the wrestling business so well, you know you know uh you know i you know, uh, they you know they might not be surprised, mm-hmm. 
but everybody was surprised. Everybody was, I mean, surprised to like non-belief. No, it could possibly, Chris Benoit could not possibly have done that. Yeah, yet he did. And there were some folks in the business that I know had committed murder, had committed crimes, um, had been really kind of awful people outside of the ring. Um, so, I mean, for a guy who had the success that Chris Benoit had, he had made tons and tons of money in wrestling. Um, for a guy who had formed a, a family and uh, a, a loving family, a man of God as well, by his by his own admission, uh, I don't think anybody could have predicted uh, what happened there with him. My goodness, what a tragedy. No, I, I just... Only God knows. It's a shame. It's a shame. It and uh, Ryan Shane. we'll try to get this podcast back on track here. On, on September 9th, the story of who the next member of the NWO will be takes an interesting turn, Ted, and you're involved in it. Let's have a look at this. Oh, power moves right here. Comes Nick Patrick to ringside. Nick Patrick is out. Nick Patrick motioning Luger to the back. Nick Patrick is going after Something's happened the to Sting. back. Luger is chasing Nick Patrick. Something's happened to Sting, I bet. I heard him say, out back, out back. And there's, hold on, let's listen. There's DiBiase. I'm tired of this stuff, this DTA stuff. No. Don't trust anybody. He's got to go. You know why? What? You better learn to trust somebody right but, now. Uh, no. Trust the wall. We got no way out. It's either you trust him or you don't. Look at me in the eye. You know I'm... What in the world is no, going no, on? I can trust you. I know I can trust you. I know that you can trust him. I know I can trust him, too. Look, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at you. Everything's going to be okay. No. That Sting's voice well, talking to DiBiase. Hey, no. Hey, hey, stay right there. Stay right there. No. Uh, where is he? Where's who? You know who? What There's you Luger. Stinger? Stinger, what would Stinger be doing with me? Look, Luger, I'm standing out here where, in a parking lot running my own. No! That's it. No! That's it. Oh, that's right. Oh, no! Nice. Come on, finish. Oh. That's right. Oh, we're in bad trouble oh, now. No. We're in bad trouble. Believe this. Sting has he's been, turned. He's been bought off by DiBiase. Oh. It is Sting and the NWO. No. Oh, you thought you'd never see this. No. I said you can't trust anybody. You can't trust a soul here. And there you see it. Sting standing side by side with the NWO, beating up his partner Lex Luger and getting into that limousine. What are we going to do for the war games? Oh, my God. DiBiase standing out there in the rain and Hogan putting the boots to Lex Luger do this this crowd has no idea of what has just happened well there it is Ted uh, I don't know why seeing Luger out there in his trunks uh, in the pouring rain uh, laying down in a parking lot and you putting the shoes to him uh, just I don't know it takes uh, once again everybody's got a price <laughs> <laughs> I mean so it would seem two people had a price here uh, not only sting allegedly but uh, Nick Patrick, you know, seems to to lead uh, Luger into a trap out there. I will say yeah. though, Ted uh, Sting looks a little uh, a little off here, and uh, this of course would be revealed as the fake Sting, Jeff Farmer. Uh, yeah, but I'd yeah, love yeah. I, I'd love to get your thoughts on this angle. Oh well, I thought it was you know it was one of the better things they did. I thought you know 
coming because you know it's, it, it it appears to be one thing and and it's like the old uh, card trick slide of hand. Mm-hmm. Now you see him, now you don't. And, and, and it, will the real sting please step forward? So, <laughs> anyway. And you know, overall, Marcus, you know, they like you know the NWO angle, the NWO thing in and of itself was, I mean, it was, it was, it was good. It was really good, you know, but, but the thing that, that, that separates to me, the two, the two companies is now, what are you going to do? There was nobody in the Turner organization that knew how to keep it going. And there were, uh, there were a whole lot of chiefs and not enough Indians, if you know what I mean, in yeah. the dressing room, because all these guys had these, uh, uh, you know, this, this, this thing in their contract. Creative control. I only have to do what you tell me to do if I like it. <laughs> yep. And that never works in wrestling. It was good while it lasted, but the truth is, it didn't last long. I've heard Eric Bischoff admit that uh, he, there were there were times when he'd show up at TV and he didn't know what was happening that day uh, as he's oh. getting to the building. Oh, know? oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I can remember nights when the, the show is starting. I mean, the dang show is starting. It's a live show, and they still don't know what they're going to do in the main event. <laughs> Those were exciting nights. Okay, guys, let's take a minute to discuss our partner and their product, which I will not start the day without. I'm talking about AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. You know, I used to start every day with a bunch of multivitamins to get myself where I needed to be, or even worse, mixing a healthy shake. The vitamins are expensive and annoying to have to remember, and to get the shake right, you've got to go shopping and then get all the ingredients, and then after all that's done, You have to clean the blender, get around all those blades, and it just takes up a bunch of your valuable time. Well, nearly a year ago, I began drinking AG1 every day because I was fed up with my morning routine. And let me tell you guys, it has truly become a game changer for me. Now I have a single solution that supports my entire body and covers my nutritional bases every day. I wanted more energy. I wanted to make sure that my immune system was well supported, especially with my young daughter going to daycare every day and coming home with a bunch of germs. I wanted better gut health. I wanted a simple solution to incorporate into my daily routine that I enjoyed the taste of. Well, AG1 checked every single box. Here's the best part for me, guys. It's easy. My schedule is pretty much full every single day and AG1 made life easy for me by providing 75 high quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients by simply mixing one small scoop with water. That's it. I drink it and I'm done. It's an easy micro habit that delivers macro results. Now I know what your next question must be because it would be my next question. How much does it cost? How about less than $3 a day? Break that habit of going to Starbucks or the gas station every day for some unhealthy breakfast that you don't need or some expensive specialty coffee. Spend less money and get a science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients instead with AG1. Now that is what you call a win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash EGAP. 
That's drinkag1.com forward slash EGAP. Check it out. And I know that you're going to love it like I do. So, uh, Ted, with that angle outside and the beat down and, you know, Sting seemingly joining the NWO, the match and the stage was set for fall brawl on September 15th, 1996. Hall, Nash, and Hogan are joined in the ring by the fake Sting, but the announcers are putting him over like he's the real Sting. Uh, they have Anderson, Flair, and Luger in trouble when the countdown begins for another member of Team WCW to come out. Let's have a look. 15 seconds remain. A Stinger splashing everybody. 10, Who can this be? 9, Who can this be? 8, 7, Here we go, guys. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. What the? Tell the truth! We've got two oh, stings! Oh, yes! He was telling the truth! Okay, now clean house! Go to work! Get the nature boy! Get the enforcer! Get moving! Start kicking some butt! Come on, Sting! Come on, Luger! Take Hogan out! Concentrate on Hogan! Don't worry that much about the other guys! Concentrate on Hogan! He's the one we've got to stop! And stop now! There he is! There yes. it is, Stinger Splash. Yes. Got them both. No question the elevation of those Stinger Splashes. That is Sting. No, that is Sting. But wait a minute, he's the only one fighting here. He is doing it single-handedly. Sting, single-handedly. He laid him out. You bet. He has taken the NWO to the water trough. He's done it all by himself. Can you imagine? And they didn't trust him. They didn't trust him. Well, you look at this now, confrontation. Sting just had words with Luger. Is that good enough for you right there? Wow. Is that proof enough? Not now, not now. He just told him to stick it. He said, is that good enough for you? And he's leaving. He showed him, you thought I was a traitor. You thought I was a Benedict Arnold. I said I wasn't. You turned your back on me. Now I want to show you that I can take the NWO by myself, and I don't need you guys anymore. That's the impression I get. All right, so we're going to pause the action right there. We'll pick it back up here in a few minutes. But, uh, man, I wanted to talk to you about this angle. I absolutely love this with uh, the fake sting, and then we bring out the real sting to show uh, that he was, in fact, the fake sting, even though the crowd, all you had to do was look at the guy, and you know it's a yeah. farmer. Um, but Meltzer was kind of critical of the story, um, you know, it's which, you know, of course, is his job to pick things apart. I mean, there are holes. Yes. But let's all just suspend our disbelief for a little bit and tell a story here. You know, Sting, yeah. Sting yeah. feels betrayed by his friends and that thought he was a traitor. I mean, pretty simple storytelling at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I didn't have any I didn't have any problem with it, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and, and again, you know, like, I like, I like Meltzer too, but I said, he is, he's not the authority on, you know, no, right. he, didn't, what's, what's he, didn't, good or bad. he didn't write the uh, wrestling encyclopedia. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And like, uh, look, a lot of his takes can be great. Sometimes, sometimes they're off. I think in this instance, like, Hey, let's not overthink it. We're just, and you know what? That's just human nature. Yeah. 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 And, you know, uh, you know, one man's, you know, apples, another man's, you know, lemon. <laughs> That's it. And Ted, this angle uh, would be what would lead Sting to becoming that much darker character, the all white face paint, uh, yeah. kind of reminiscent of uh, The Crow, if you've ever seen that movie. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll discuss it at length down the road. But just on the surface, Ted, what did you think of this changing character for uh, Sting? 
Well, you know, again, I, I, I thought it was okay. I mean, uh, it's, you know, I guess the bottom line is, you know, what, is, what did he think? I mean, yes, it, it, I guess t- with so much in, in wrestling, it, it, it's all, the timing, you know, and it was, was, was it really good timing to turn him? It may have been, you know, it's kind of like uh, anything you can do, you know, to, you know, like the guys, uh, the wrestlers always, always put it this way. You always, in every show, you always want that holy shit mm-hmm. <laughs> moment when everybody goes, I didn't see that coming. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. And, and, and the people definitely didn't see that coming. Right. Who could who could predict that? You know, it's a little ways down the road here, but who could predict that Sting would turn into this darker character that's now hanging out in the rafters and kind of like, okay, is he good? Is he evil? Um, And Sting actually credits Scott Hall with that character. Scott told him about the Crow character and he was like, hey, you know, I noticed your hair. You let your hair go dark. He's like, you ever think about growing it out and, you know, check out this movie, The Crow. And next thing you know, uh, everything changes for Sting. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the sting is actually still active today. Did you know that? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, uh, uh, gosh, I don't know. I hope he's not doing much. <laughs> I mean, dude, some of the bumps that he takes on TV and on pay-per-view have been wild. He's jumping through tables and stuff. Uh, he's doing some pretty crazy stuff, but he's, he's stayed in great shape. And by the way, this character that he's about to turn into, he's that character right now, the crow sting. Um, so wow. just really, really cool. All these years later, I mean, it, it resonated so well that he's still doing it. Yeah. Well, God bless him, man. You know, uh, just, you know, you've only got one body and, uh, you know, as I approach the big seven zero <laughs> and I tell you what, uh, I get up in the morning and I let the hot water run on my lower back <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, it's it's kind of like I I gotta gotta get the old old oil can out to <laughs> let's 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 get the all the parts moving again. So anyway, so the NWO would win this match and a brawl would ensue afterwards between the two sides. Savage would interfere because Hogan had caused him to lose earlier in the night against the Giant, and the NWO beat Savage down before this unforgettable moment happens in our fourth clip this week. Wait a minute, Elizabeth was on her way to the ring. Is Flair still at the ring or what? I imagine. No, Flair is back here. It's Elizabeth that's come to. I, she she's better get out of the NWO. Better, what, what is she doing here? She's a member of the NWO, isn't she? Oh, come on. Come on. What is she doing? Oh, you know she what's is, happening here? She is begging Hulk Hogan to leave Savage alone. She's still in love with the Macho Man. Another choke slam. She couldn't stand to see hey. all these people beat up the Macho Man. He's totally helpless in there. And she's covering the Macho Man, begging these thugs to leave him alone. So much water already under the bridge. What a disgusting sight this is right here. What a disgusting oh, sight. Wait a minute. They are spray painting Elizabeth. What a disgrace. This is, this is, Hogan, you've dropped to new levels now. You're the lowest form of life I've ever seen.
Hogan wants a microphone. Don't give it to him. He has spray painted the dress of Miss Elizabeth. He is demanding a microphone now. And he got David Penzers. You know what, guys? It's insane. This is Yo, Winston Salem! Wow. You know something? These two losers, these two lowlifes, they made a sacred oath. And they said that they would be together until death do us part. Well, courtesy of the NWO <laughs> and Hollywood Hogan, we're gonna make that happen. Two pieces of trash. Spitting on her, spitting on her. He spits on man. Elizabeth. This is the lowest point in the history of WCW. Ooh, holy smokes, Ted. That was that, heavy. That was heavy. Yeah. And wow, I mean, spray painting Elizabeth as she tries to protect Randy, then spitting on her. I mean, watching it back all these years later, what are your thoughts? Uh, Heavy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely heavy. You know, if you, you know, and again, if that if that can't get you any heat, then nothing can. You know, I mean that. Yeah, that was. Yeah, you, you said know, it. And, and either further solidifying the total turn of Hogan. You know, like you know, from the the the, the superhero to the supervillain. Yep. Um, you know, they always say that, you know, as much as you're loved whenever you're a baby face, that's how much they'll hate you when you become a heel and vice versa. Yeah. And uh, sure. it's that seemed to be the truth here with Hulk because, oh, man, that and, and you heard the crowd chanting Hogan sucks or whatever they were saying. Yeah. And uh, just some, I mean, nuclear heat. And Ted, I mean, you're here. You're right in the thick of the action. You're standing yeah. in the ring when this is happening. You were ringside for war games. And, you know, in your past, you'd experienced a lot of wild heat, you know, between the stuff with JYD and Tommy Rich, the million yeah. dollar man, of course, yeah. had a ton of heat. And now here you are with the NWO spray painting one of the most beloved figures in wrestling. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, where would you rate your NWO experience as far as hottest angles of your career? Uh, well, I mean, uh, I wouldn't rate it as one of the hottest angles of my personal career. Mm hmm. Because, you know, I was I was not like, a, you know, I was not a main figure, you know, in the deal. It was it was Hogan. It was Savage. It was Sting as the immediate guys, the guys that are still got the tights on and working, you know, and I by this time became a mouthpiece. And that's all I was just to pour salt on the wound, if you will. Right. Uh, but I mean, in, in terms of, of the heat, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know. It was probably one of the most heated uh, angles I was ever been a part of, but I wouldn't rank it as like the top heat getter in my personal career. I got you. Yeah, I, I got you. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, man, it's uh, just watching it back all these years later. You can you can really kind of feel the electricity in these buildings, yeah. you know, um, and Ted, there was, there's a lot more at stake here at fall brawl than just the match. There was also a stipulation that if the NWO won, they would get their own show. Meltzer had this to say in the nine twenty three ninety six observer current plan, which could change is for NWO to get the Saturday night show, either one hour per week or two hours every other week. The NWO TV show is a cute idea, but I don't know how they can work it. 
who will they wrestle? If it's the same WCW jobbers, then it's obvious it's the same promotion. If they want to have competitive matches, it's not like they're going to wrestle each other, so they'll have to use the Marcus Bagwells of the world to put them over. Ted DiBiase will be the color common, the color announcer. No decision regarding play-by-play man. So, Ted, you and I discussed before that Bischoff's plan for you right out of the gate was for you to be a color commentator. And now it's looking like the plan is set to come together. Overall, though, would you say that you prefer being ringside as a manager or as some, someone who can occasionally get physical? Or uh, would you prefer to be strictly behind the announcer's desk? Man, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, looking back at it, I, you know, I can't even remember exactly how I felt about it at the time, but I mean, I know that, uh, uh, okay. If I do this, uh, if, if I'm at ringside and I'm being more physical, then I'm there more. Mm-hmm. But if I am just a mouthpiece, it doesn't require my presence as much. Right. And so based on the length of my career, and where I, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I, I you know, I, like, again, I think I've, I've, I've said that a lot of this, I always promised myself that by the time I turned 40, I would be out of the ring. I might be part of the show, but I wasn't going to be a physical part of the, I wasn't going to be an active wrestler anymore. Right. Uh, and you know what, I'm, as I'm looking at 70, you know, here in just a, a few months, I'm so glad I made that decision because there's a lot of other guys that are right about my same age that didn't make that decision. And physically they're in much, much better. They're in much worse condition than I am. Yes. Yes. Uh, definitely a blessing that you stopped when you did, especially after the neck injury, it's just not worth yeah. that kind of, that yeah. kind of a risk. But uh, I mean, you know, we saw you in the parking lot there kicking Luger and stuff. And I mean, here you are, this angle is just red, red hot. Uh, is there any temptation in your mind at all? Like, yeah, I could do like one more match, you know, especially when something hot like that is going on. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I, I guess I'm, I put it this way. What would, what would the million dollar man say? Everybody's got a price. <laughs> Imagine if, if you, if you offered me a boatload of money to put the tights on and do it one more time. If the price is right, I'm sure I'd go. <laughs> and man, like, let me say, looking at you in this era, you're wearing a suit, but you, I saw you in a t-shirt earlier. Like, you look to be in pretty good condition. Like, uh, okay, he still looks like the million dollar man. He can still go. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, uh, just, just so just so long as I keep the t-shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a changing gear for the million dollar man here in WCW. <laughs> Um, so, uh, on Nitro the night after Fall Brawl, Sean Waltman would make his WCW debut similarly to the way that you did by sitting in the crowd. Um, and yeah, I mean, Sean, what a great addition to the NWO, but here we are. It's in a very, very short period of time. You've joined, we've got fake sting. We've got the giant. Uh, now we've got Sean Waltman. This is kind of the period when it starts to become, okay, everybody's getting an NWO t-shirt now, right? Yeah. 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 Well, they're not done yet. Speaking of people joining the NWO, the next week will bring another new member after the NWO attacks Randy Savage after his match. And then uh, you guys take over the announce desk. Let's check it out. It's our final clip this week. Wait a minute. I'm getting out of here. Tonight, Wait, a minute. Minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh-oh. Chico, 
Do your job, man. Do it well. Do your job, Chico. Huh? We told you so. We told but. you so. Joining the broadcast team. Welcome the Outsiders. National Hall for the Outsiders. Six in the background. Legendary Hulk Hogan. And let's bring out our newest member, Ted DiBiase's head of security. Make welcome, if you will, a name very familiar to wrestling fans. Bring him out. Get him out. Teddy, where's Get Vincent? Get off me. Bring Vincent. Vincent. Bring out Vince. Where's Vincent? Vince, come on out. Come on, Vincent. Come on, Vince. Easy, easy. Come on, buddy. So let me ask you a question while waiting on Vincent. This whole, this whole thing here. Here he comes. Are you a real Vincent. Or do you just look like when it's a barbershop? What's the deal there? Here he comes. Hey, Vincent. Come on, buddy. What is that? Who is this? Hey, You're going to hang with the NWO, whether you like it or not, brother. Here comes, man, you know. Come on, have some fun, man. Hey, babe, welcome aboard. Why so worried? Don't worry, these checks keep never an eye, Keep an eye on him, bro. Hey, guy, hey, it's, it's, it's Scotty. Scotty, let me ask you a question. Now, we're taking over wrestling. That wasn't oh, yeah, too hard. that's for sure. <laughs> okay, there he is. <laughs> Guy you're pretty yeah. familiar there with. It's uh, Virgil. Oh, yeah, his one moment of glory. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's not Virgil anymore, as you heard. He's named Vincent here. Yes. Um, what did you think of having him join the fold here at the NWO? Uh, well, you know, I mean, and again, um, I mean, it was an opportunity, I, I, again, for him because, you know, he had, you know, he had, not been used for some time yeah. you know, in the WWF either. And so here was an opportunity for him to make a little money and come on board and, and another familiar face. So, you know, it was, it was a good deal. Yeah. You know, in my mind, I, I feel like as long as it's a WWF guy or a guy who's been associated with the WWF, it makes sense because it's supposed to be an invasion in theory, right? Of, of yeah. WCW by WWF talent. Now the giant doesn't fit into that. So I don't know what the story was there, but um, interesting, in my opinion, I, I don't, I don't mind having uh, Vincent now involved here. Ted, the rumor over the years has been that Mike was named Virgil in the WWF to take a shot at Dusty Rhodes. And now he's arriving in WCW as Vincent, which is a very clear shot at Vince McMahon. Uh, can you confirm that Virgil was uh, yep. taking a shot at Dusty? Yep. <laughs> was this yep. a calculated yep. thing? Uh, like I mean, again, you know, uh, you know, like, and uh, none of those ideas were mine, by the way. I mean, it was kind of like uh, I never knew, you know, I never, I never knew Dusty's real name. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't know that he was Virgil Runnels, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I, obviously I found out. So, you know, somebody, you know, I, I, who, I don't know whoever suggested it, you know, so like, well, it's just if, if, if he's if he's going to be if he's going to be Virgil for us, you know, or, you know, in the WWF, then when it comes to WCW, somebody said, well, you know, how about, you know, you know, the, or Virgil, obviously Dusty was a big name that, uh, and it's like I can't get you can't have you can't get a bigger name than uh, Vincent. Let's call him Vince. It's turn turnabout is fair play. I think it's uh, pretty. Oh, fun. Yeah, it's just funny. Funny. I, 
I think I've heard uh, Bruce Pritchard uh, say, no, Virgil wasn't a shot at Dusty Rhodes over the years. And it's like, oh, come on, Bruce. We all know better. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Ted, we're almost near the end of the episode here. Uh, before we do kind of wrap it up, I have to ask, are you a NASCAR guy at all? A NASCAR guy? Yeah, are you into car racing? You know, not really. But, you know, I, I, I tell you what, when, uh, you know, Again, lady, you know, like the, the NWO had a car, and, and I don't know how all of that stuff transpired. And and even now, you know, like you know, when race car driving comes on TV, I, I really don't, I really don't watch because it's okay. They're turning left again. They're turning left again. <laughs> right. But when you're there, when you're there, and 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 like we were, you know, like down in the pit. And those cars are going by bumper to bumper mm-hmm. at 200 miles an hour. Then you appreciate it big time. Unbelievable yeah. amount of skill involved in being a NASCAR driver. Yeah. And I myself am not really a NASCAR fan per se, but I can certainly appreciate that. Um, yeah. And yeah, you mentioned it right here after the, I asked about NASCAR because right after the debut of Virgil on this episode, Kyle Petty is announced as the official NASCAR driver for the NWO and they bring the NWO car out and it revs its engine and it's right there in the arena. It's, it's pretty fun, exciting stuff and a massive crossover opportunity for WCW yeah. here, you know, because a lot of racing fans also yes. happen to be professional wrestling fans. Yeah. So, I mean, it just works really well. Ted, when you're seeing this, are you surprised by how rapidly this thing is growing and expanding and like quickly becoming a part of, of pop culture? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, wow. You know, just just when you thought it couldn't get any bigger, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's I mean, you guys are everywhere. You're on TV shows. You've got the NASCAR influence now. Pretty soon monster trucks are going to be involved here. So, I mean, the NWO in a very short time is leaving a very, very big footprint on pop culture in America. Yep. All right, Ted, that's it for today. We're having a blast here on Everybody's Got a Pod, and we have a huge October planned here on the show. We'll revisit WCW in 96. We'll talk more about Mid-South. We'll do another Ask Ted Anything and more. But before we go, I want to remind you all that if you'd like to get this podcast on video with no commercials and get uh, access to a ton of sports, entertainment and other shows, get over to PremierStreamingNetwork.com. Sign up for Premier Plus if you're a wrestling fan or a fan of sports in general or if you're just looking for some great entertainment. They've got you covered over there. It's Premier Plus on Premier Streaming Network. If you're enjoying our show and you're listening on your podcast app, just take a moment. doesn't take you long. Get over there and like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review because that helps Ted and I out a bunch. You can follow Ted at MDM Ted DiBiase on all of his social media. Follow me at Marcus P. D'Angelo on X and follow Premier Streaming Network at Watch on Premier on X and at Premier Streaming Network on Instagram and Facebook. Ted, another look back at WCW. It's our second and uh, I think we're going to go month by month from here on and continue to do it because I love taking these looks back. Especially yeah, this one. yeah I, I do too. I mean, because it, uh, you know, for, for, for a guy that has a uh, memory issue, this is helping me re- remember a lot of stuff. So thank you so much for all your time and diligence and, and uh, looking this stuff up because, man, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of like I'm going, golly, wonder what we're going to talk about today. And boom, it's like a plethora of stuff. So anyway, 
I can tell you the pleasure is all mine, my friend. And, uh, you know, it's I, I look forward to doing this with you every week. I know that we've got a bunch of listeners that look forward to hearing your thoughts and opinions every single week. So we won't let them down. We'll be, we'll be back next week with another one, right? Absolutely. And remember, as always, everybody's got a price for the million dollar man, even the million dollar man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next time right here on Everybody's Got a Pod.